0: This is Avery After Dark and I'm your host Avery Ross and I'm excited today is our first podcast episode that will be aired on YouTube. From now on I'm going to have the Avery After Dark podcast available on YouTube as well which is awesome because I know some of the listeners really enjoy seeing photos and video along with these stories and cases. I know I do sometimes I like watching a podcast episode on YouTube And sometimes I'm in the mood to just listen, so whatever mood you may be in, Avery After Dark is here, I'm here for you. So wherever you're listening or watching from, hello, and welcome to one of our most intense episodes yet. One of the craziest, twisty, and turny stories I have ever heard. Today's episode is a case that many are pretty consumed with at the moment. It's captured the nation's attention due to the several suspicious deaths that this family is tied to. And wow, this is the craziest story. It's also a case that is based in the South. Which, if you're anything like me, the South is fascinating. The history, the culture, the intrigue. My grandma was from Kentucky, and I've grown up visiting the South throughout my life, so I think I just have a general fascination with it. But one of the biggest parts of today's story is the idea that one of the key players we're going to discuss could be, in fact, a serial killer. We're talking about the Murdoch family and their tangled web of secrets, lies, and murder. There have been some recent developments in this case, and it is a story unlike anything I've ever heard. It begins in Hampton, South Carolina, low country as they call it. And truthfully, to fully understand this family, we got to start 100 years ago with Randolph Murdaugh as the 14th Circuit Solicitor. Most states call them district attorneys. And this role is incredibly powerful in the criminal justice system, arguably the most powerful position one can have. And for 85 years, three generations of Murdaws held this powerful position as solicitors in Low Country. The Murdaws were a legal dynasty, thus keeping them in the loop with all the high-powered people, the wealthy, police and politicians. This family was old Southern money and was incredibly connected. In 2005, Randolph Murdaugh III ended the family's reign in the solicitor's office when he retired, but the Murdaugh's had a successful law firm that had been known for getting huge settlements for their clients for years. So the family remained in a favorable position in South Carolina and that's where we meet one of the key players in this story. 53-year-old Alex Murdaugh, nicknamed Big Red. He also went by Alec, I guess, in the community. I'm just going to call him Alex. He has too many names and is already annoying me. People that have too many names, just pick one and stick with it. But he worked at his family's law firm as an attorney. This was rewarding financially, financially but also gave him a lot of power. He was prominent in the community and very well off. He owned a 1,700-acre estate that he lived on with his family, his wife, 52-year-old Maggie Murdaugh, and their two sons, 26-year-old Buster Murdaugh and 22-year-old Paul Murdaugh. Maggie came from humble beginnings in rural Kentucky and went on to marry one of the richest men in South Carolina, And Alex. The two met at University of South Carolina, where Alex was one year ahead of her. The two married, had kids, and lived quite the life. They flew around the world in chartered jets, and Maggie apparently spoiled her two sons. The family was well-established in Lowcountry. They were the Murdaws and to others in the community, they, quote, ran the town. A family member said, quote, they own the police. They could always do whatever they wanted. There was no fear of consequences or repercussions to anything they did. But in June 2021, Maggie was estranged from her husband, Alex Murdaugh. She was living at the family's beach house in Odesto Beach, And reportedly looking into divorce. Sources who knew the family said Maggie and Alex had been growing apart and were living separate lives. And Alex was living at the family's hunting lodge. Maggie reportedly didn't have much say in the marriage. Alex had the final word in that family. He was the one with the money and he was the one with the power. A dynamic that we see quite often. The men in that family had been in control for years, so it's not shocking that he would be the dominant one in the marriage. There was obviously a lot of things happening behind closed doors, and the once prominent family appeared to be unraveling. On June 7th, Alex Murdoch called 911 at 10 p.m. with a frantic and distressed call. He said he returned home to find his wife, Maggie, and son, Paul, shot to death out near the family's dog kennels on their property. Maggie had been shot several times with a semi-automatic rifle. Paul had been shot at least once with a shotgun. When asked, Alex told police that he was visiting his sick father in the hospital at the time of the murders and got to the house afterwards to find them both dead. The scene suggested two shooters, two different weapons, and the coroner reported Paul and Maggie were shot sometime between 9 p.m. and 9.30 p.m. that evening. It was a double murder that shocked the community. Immediately, many began wondering if the family's legal history played a role in this. After this, Alex and the only living son left, Buster, Buster, put out a $100,000 reward for information leading to the arrest of the person or persons who murdered Maggie and Paul. But people caught on to something bizarre with this reward. Something strange. At the bottom of the notice, there was a catch. This information must be submitted to police on or before September 31st, 2021. Hmm... Since when does a reward have an expiration date? That's uncommon. Obviously, I can see that you want that information as soon as possible, and you want that person or persons to feel a sense of urgency to call with that information. But to put a time limit on when you're going to pay the reward is odd. After their murders, a few of Alex Murdaugh's brothers did an interview and said that Alex was visibly shaken up and distraught after the murders. They also mentioned that they were suspicious because Paul had been receiving threatening messages online prior to his death. They said they didn't take it seriously then, but wish they would have. What would these threatening messages be about, you may ask? Well, it's time to get into the first suspicious death surrounding the Murdaugh family. Prior to Paul's murder, he was recently involved in a tragic accident which resulted in the death of Mallory Beach. In February 2019, in Beaufort, South Carolina, Paul Murdaugh and five friends who were all underage spent the night out on the town partying. Surveillance has Paul buying beers, and later the group hit the bars in town for more drinks. Later in the night, the group all boards onto a boat that Paul Murdaugh was driving. The thing about Paul Murdaugh was that when he drank, friends testified that he became a different, destructive person, called his alter ego Timmy. Apparently, this drunk alter ego was a menace and did what he wanted. So this group of teens is out on a boat, in the dark, driven by a drunk, privileged 19-year-old with a scary alter ego. The group took off, and tragically, a short time later, the boat struck a bridge at high speed and one of the friends on board, Mallory Beach, was tragically thrown into the water. She was only 19 and died that evening. Mallory's body wasn't actually found for a week. There was an investigation into what prompted this accident, and Paul Murdaugh was charged with boating under the influence, resulting in death. He faced up to 25 years in prison. He pleaded not guilty, was released on $50,000 bond, and the case was still pending at the time of his death. But you have to remember, people knew who this family was. They were the Murdaws, Untouchable. Let us take a quick break from the Murdo saga for a couple quick words from our sponsors. So the night of the crash, one of the friends on the boat was overheard saying, Do you know the guy driving the boat? That's Alex Murdaugh's son. And after that, he said, Good luck. In reference to getting any kind of conviction here. The Murdaugh's were close friends with a lot of the high-ranking officials in this area. Police, law enforcement. And we've talked about this before on this podcast, Families of wealth and privilege, especially those families where a member is a politician, can be involved in the most heinous things and walk away with a slap on the wrist or sometimes walk away without any kind of repercussion. So it's very well known to this community that this family plays by their own set of rules. The Murdaws don't have to answer to anyone like others in the community have to. Their money, their status keeps them protected. And I'm sure you probably know of a family or families in your hometown or where you live that are extremely wealthy or connected or both and seem to live life in their own way. And I know there's quite a few families where I'm from, that are very well connected and very wealthy, and get away with a lot of stuff. Things that others would have to pay the piper for, they get off very easily. And that's not anything new, been going on for hundreds of years, different families playing by different rules. You know, I'll just say this, you can't help what family you're born into, but you can help how you act. And you can help if you're a good person or not. So those threatening messages to Paul Murdoch were surrounding this incredibly sad death of Mallory Beach. She was a completely innocent young woman who was lost that night. Just your friendly reminder to never get into a car or boat with anyone that's been drinking. You know, Aves has got to look out for you. So we're back to Maggie and Paul's murder, and the investigation is underway. Who would have the motive to do this, and why? During their investigation into the double murder, police alert that they have found something. They wouldn't say what they found, but only that it prompted them to reopen an investigation into another unsolved death. We're moving on to the second suspicious death surrounding the Murdoch family. In July 2015, 19-year-old local Stephen Smith was found dead in the middle of the road in the middle of the night just outside Hampton. A passerby called it in to police, and when they arrived, they found Smith deceased with a fatal head wound. His car was found abandoned a few miles away. Some police brushed it off as a simple hit-and-run, but why? Why was he out in the middle of nowhere on this rural road in the middle of the night alone? Something wasn't adding up. During the investigation and talking to members of the community, there was a repeated connection between Stephen and the Murdaugh family. But again, many didn't want to drop that name because of the power that they had in the community. The reason people were tiptoeing was because, according to Hampton Police documents, investigators were receiving tips about a possible relationship between Stephen Smith and Buster Murdaugh, 26. So according to those documents, detectives were pursuing Paul and his brother Buster as possible persons of interest in the case. According to this investigation file, Buster was rumored to have been intimately linked to Smith. Stephen Smith was gay and his mom, Sandy, has always maintained that her son was a victim of a hate crime and that his murder was covered up. Some allege that these are just rumors and Buster had no connection to Stephen Smith at all. But for whatever reason, police are connecting this death to Alex Murdoch. As I said, some say he was a victim of a hit and run, but other reports allege that he had a gunshot wound to the head. There were no arrests in his case, and I really do hope that there is justice for Steven. And the plot thickens. On September 3rd, the Murdaugh family law firm announced that Alex Murdaugh had stolen millions of dollars from the family law firm. To be exact, eight, million dollars. In response to this, Alex Murdoch said, quote, the murders of my wife and son have caused an incredibly difficult time in my life. I've made a lot of decisions that I truly regret. I am resigning from my law firm and entering rehab after a long battle that has been exacerbated by these murders. His lawyer commented for him stating that Alex had an addiction to opiates. A supposed 20-year addiction. So Alex Murdaugh's wife and son have been murdered. A previous suspicious death case is being investigated. It's been revealed that he's stolen $8 million from his clients. And now he's apparently addicted to opiates. What else can go down with this family? But wait, there's more. The very next day, Alex Murdaugh said he stopped on the side of the road to change a tire. He said a suspicious man in a pickup truck drove past him, turned around in a church parking lot, and drove back to him. After the two had a short conversation, Alex said the man pulled out a gun and shot him in the head. He was taken to the hospital and was out in two days and fully recovered. So the timing of this had everyone a bit suspicious. You get caught, and the next thing you know, you're innocently changing a tire on the side of the road, and someone comes and guns you down. I think everyone was thinking, hmm. Along with the community, police were investigating, and were pleased to find that that church parking lot had surveillance cameras. They looked into it and were able to ID the shooter and checked into some other evidence surrounding this. It came out, well, Alex Murdaugh set the entire thing up. So he could be killed and his only living son, Buster, could collect a $10 million life insurance policy on him. Alex admitted he hired a friend of his named Curtis Smith, 61, to shoot him in the head. And Alex thought it would work. But it didn't, because he lived. He was out of the hospital in just a couple days. But Curtis said he was a pal of Alex Murdaugh's, and one day Alex called him and said he needed help and asked him to meet him on that road. Curtis got there exited the car to see Alex standing there holding a gun. Curtis said there was a struggle, and the gun went off, injuring Alex but not killing him. Both Alex and Curtis were charged in this murder-for-hire scheme. So this is a very illuminating time for police, and people who knew Alex Murdaugh, friends of his described him as a friendly guy and a great person to be around. His nickname was Big Red. He was popular in Hampton. But now this is a man whose wife and son have been suspiciously gunned down. He's been outed as a thief. And now the community knows that he's the kind of person who hires a hitman to kill him so his son can collect $10 million. Many wondered if they ever really knew the real Alex Murdaugh. After being arrested on the murder-for-hire plot, he faces numerous other charges against him, including stealing money from the law firm, insurance fraud, computer crimes, the list goes on and on, and it seemed like every couple weeks they brought new charges against him and there were new lawsuits against him. Investigators continue to investigate Alex and his laundry list of secrets and lies. And now, just another quick word from today's sponsors. So, we have yet another twist in this case. We are on to the third suspicious death connected to the Murdoch family in recent years, and that is Gloria Satterfield. Gloria was a housekeeper that worked for the Murdochs for 20 years at their home in Lowcountry. In 2018, she suspiciously tripped and fell. And died at the Murdoch home. Alex told police that she had simply fallen down the stairs, just an innocent accident. But that was according to him. Her death was ruled to be due to natural causes. But it was found an autopsy was never even done, and a fall wouldn't be a natural cause. After Gloria's death, her family was supposed to receive a settlement because Alex Murdaugh told them to sue him for insurance money. And they did. But apparently Alex pocketed the $4.3 million himself and the family hasn't received anything. Her body was recently requested to be exhumed so there can be an adequate investigation into her quote-unquote fall. And huge news came just a few weeks ago on July fourteenth, 2022, when a grand jury indicted Alex Murdaugh on two counts of murder and two counts of possession of a weapon in connection to the murders of his wife Maggie and his son Paul. The day many have been waiting for finally arrived. Text messages between Maggie and Alex revealed that the night she and her son were murdered, Alex lured her to the hunting lodge. It was also revealed that before this, Maggie had texted a friend saying that Alex was acting fishy before the murders. She reportedly felt like he was acting strange, and despite feeling that something was off, she unfortunately went to meet him that night. As for Paul, he reportedly went there to care for the dogs. They allege that Alex Murdaugh shot them both with different guns, which is incredibly unusual, but prosecutors are looking at Alex as the sole and only shooter. It was also revealed that they found blood spatter from the double murder on Alex Murdaugh's clothing. Along with this, he has something like 85 felony counts against him, mostly financial and faces life in prison or possibly the death penalty. Wow. Alex has pled not guilty to all counts and is being held without bond. Many ask, including myself, why wasn't Alex Murdaugh investigated more from the beginning from that very first 911 call to report his wife and son dead. Police say they've always been suspicious of him, and he has always been considered a person of interest. But others say that he, again, most likely got special treatment because of his name, his job, his role, and position in the community. To me, the latter looks very likely, It's also said that they are indeed going to look into Gloria Satterfield's death on the Murdoch property in the trial and give her the case, the investigation it deserved from the beginning. Her quote-unquote fall, the insurance scam, Alex pocketing the $4.3 million, all of it's going to be looked at, and we're probably going to see an in-depth look at all of the deaths surrounding the Murdoch family. Mallory Beach's family has filed a lawsuit against Murdaugh and others. Stephen Smith's case will be looked at as well as Gloria's. There is such a cloud of secrets and lies hovering over the Murdaugh family. This story is so full of twists and turns. Truly, every time you turn around, there's another skeleton in the family's closet. And if they can prove it, it seems that Alex Murdaugh has been acting as a serial killer for years. He obviously had a thing for using insurance money as a means to profit from deaths. And for police to reopen these other suspicious cases surrounding the family leads me to believe that they have a lot of evidence on Alex Murdaugh. As for Buster Murdaugh, the only remaining son left... He has never gone back to live at the home where his mother and brother were killed. A former classmate said that Buster is not doing well at all. He apparently has really withdrawn after everything and rarely even responds to texts and calls. He hasn't told friends whether he believes in his father's guilt or innocence. It'll be incredibly interesting to see what comes out in the trial And I'm just glad that all of these families who have lost loved ones are finally getting their day in court. Alex Murdaugh has gone from running the town to a disgraced killer. The murder trial is reportedly expected in January 2023. And the trial will be illuminating. I'd be so interested to hear your thoughts on this case. The Murdoch family, Alex, everything. This is one of the most complex and crazy cases that I have ever heard. And we are right in the middle of watching it unfold. In the end, with 80 plus felony charges and a possible death sentence hanging in the balance it's safe to say that Alex Murdaugh's reign over Hampton has come to an end. From private jets to a 6 by 9 prison cell, that is quite the fall. For my YouTube friends, thank you for subscribing to this channel and my podcast listeners. I so appreciate your comments and reviews. You all are telling me that you've shared this with your friends, family, co-workers, and... I love it. Share Avery After Dark with anyone else you know that has a little bit of inner detective in them. And I am linking all of the socials below, so go give them a follow. And have a great week, everyone. I appreciate you all so much and am looking forward to next episode. Bye, guys.